You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about how to find extremely specific, (laughs) very specific wheelhouse items and interviewing author Sarah Graham. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I am listening to a book for my book club that I'm in. Um... It's Lullaby by uh, Chuck Palahniuk. Oh, oh my God. I haven't re- 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 uh, read a book by him in a while. I haven't read anything of his in a, I, in a long time. I weirdly think I've actually listened to this audiobook, but it's been a really long time. I think it was like when it came out. Um, it's read by Richard Poe. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it came out 20 years ago or something like that, or 15, 20 years ago. But it is about a reporter who's investigating a sudden infant death syndrome for, like, a newspaper, and then he keeps going to these houses, and he starts to see the same book at the houses, and he's like, wait. And he realizes that there is a song or poem in this book uh, that is a culling song, which if you read to someone, it kills them. Oh, my God. I've never read... I have have not... It's really horrifying. Um, Oh, my God. there's this whole character who... Um, he meets and she is like, uh, she deals with some sort of real, I'm not done with it, some real estate that's haunted, but then she's also involved in this somehow and has experienced, uh, also had a problem with this same poem or something. I don't know. I'm not that far yet. Um, but it's really good. I mean, obviously he's a great writer. Yeah. I will say the, narr- the uh, audiobook narrator, um, is interesting because he's kind of like, you know how I kind of think of Chuck Palahniuk books as like tough guy books. Well, it, it's tough guy books, but it's like tough guy irony. Sure. Yes. But the reader is very, he sounds like a guy who could read this book. He sounds like a guy who drinks protein shakes. Not that. More like a guy who sounds like a, gr- this guy's like kind of a grizzled reporter guy. Guy and who I smokes think, a lot of rolled up cigarettes. Yes. And this guy kind of sounds like that. He's a really good choice for a reader for this. I think that he is like doing, he's doing it justice in a really nice way. Hmm. Um, what are you reading? I am reading an absolutely fucking gorgeous graphic novel. It's called A Gift for a Ghost by Borja Gonzalez. And it is, if, if you are the kind of person who likes tw- like parallel storylines, this is for you. There's two storylines going on. This one is in 1856. Is this this young woman? And she is absolutely not interested in marriage, which is exactly the thing that her family wants her to be interested in. She wants to write weird poetry and be a weird writer. Mm. And her family is like, no, you have to be normal and wear, and wear dresses and, uh, and and get married. And then there's this other storyline in 2000. And nowadays it's like 2016, I think these three teenage girls, they're, um, they're in a punk band and they have everything that they need except for talent, um, (laughs) and, and writing. Um, and, uh, they're, but they're really, really passionate about punk and in music. And, um, these strange things start to happen, um, because they happen in the same place in the same town, just like several, couple hundred years apart. And, um, these strange things start happening where the two timelines start interacting with each other. Oh, cool. And it's really, really cool. It's really interesting story about like, women making art and um, how the world has responded to women women making art and women being kind of avant-garde and different and weird throughout the centuries. And again, the art is so fucking beautiful. Uh, what is this called? I'm ordering it right now. You would love it. It's called A Gift for a Ghost by Borja Gonzalez. And mine is Lullaby by Chuck Palahniuk. 
Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We've been getting a lot of pen feedback. Oh, <laughs> love that. Love Specific that. Pen so feedback. much pe- pen feedback. We're actually going to be testing out a few pens for the show. Uh, Carly wrote in saying, I have the best annotation pen. It is the Uniball Jetstream Extra Fine 0.5 in black. I am a left-handed pen nerd and current law student and former administrative assistant, so I've used a lot of pens, know a lot of pen nerds, and have written on a wide variety of paper weights and book types. This is the best resume I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Uh, My best friend gifted me this pen when I started law school as her favorite for book annotation and have used it for the past two years exclusively to write in books. It is well-suited for all paper types, including two of the most difficult glossy textbook paper, and ultra-thin Bible paper. I'm currently reading slash annotating Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, which is printed on the dreaded Bible paper. I actually started reading it for my TBR pile after hearing Bria recommend it on an what old episode. Bible paper? That's not like ultra-thin. Oh, onion, thin, onion skin, onion skin. Yeah, okay, wicked, okay. wicked, wicked thin paper. Okay. Also, as a left-handed person, it meets the vital criteria of fast-drying, low-smear ink. I cannot begin to tell you the number of times I have made a mess with gel gel ink pens when writing too fast, only to look and realize I had blotches on my hand in the paper, making whatever I wrote at best messy and at worst illegible. It would take effort to smear this pen's writing, which makes it a big plus. Also, this is probably why I am a pen nerd, because I'm always on the hunt for the perfect, colorful, never-smear pen. First of all, I'm adding all of this directly. I'm adding yes. this to our Amazon wish list right now. The Uniball Jetstream. Extra fine. Point extra five. fine. Point five. Okay, I found it. We're, I'm adding currently while we're talking. I'm excited to test this out. Mm-hmm. Um... And to continue, Carly wrote in to say, thank you for your podcast. I started listening last year and it has allowed me to get back into reading for fun beyond just reading loads of academic books and cases for class. As a third-year law student, the irony is not lost on me that I assumed I would be well-suited to law school because I love reading. And in the first year and a half of school, I basically stopped reading anything that wasn't required for class. Bria, I think we at this point need to do an episode on this. Yeah, we should. We really Because the amount of, of like, post-grad school emails we get is staggering. That's so true. Um, so, but Carly did send in the, the wheel, their wheelhouse, which is, um, I'm one they're still working on, but it's Cozy Mysteries, nonfiction books covering the process and impact of an investigative journalist story. Ooh, like that. Fun. Nonfiction about animals slash science that basically reads like an episode of Planet Earth. Love that too. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about specific wheelhouse items, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Green Chef. Green Chef makes cooking easy, so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. And Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and with a wider array of meals to choose from, there's something for everyone. I like switching between the two brands, and now listeners can enjoy both brands with a discount from Reading Glasses. Now, what is Green Chef, you're asking? Let me tell you. They have fresh meals, premium proteins, organic ingredients, and you can trust them. It's the number one meal kit for eating well. And they have tons and tons of options to choose from every week, featuring premium, clean ingredients sourced at peak freshness. I love Green Chef. I love getting the little boxes, uh, getting the box in the mail, and then it has little individual bags, and then it has this gorgeous menu layout so you know exactly what you're doing. It's very easy to make. It's super quick, and I... 
I love the meals. I don't eat meat. And they have tons of options for vegans, which is fantastic. They also have gluten-free options. They have all sorts of options. It's just a really great way to save time. I really hate coming home at night and realizing I don't have anything to cook or I do have stuff to cook and I don't know what to do with it. Well, Green Chef takes that problem away. It's fantastic. It will tell, you'll know exactly what you'll be making. So go to greenchef.com slash glasses 130. That's glasses 130. Use code glasses 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Hey, you don't have to worry about what to cook next week. Just order Green Chef. It's greenchef.com slash glasses 130. Use the code glasses 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Glasses. Most game shows quiz contestants about topics they don't even care about. But for 100 episodes, the Go Fact Yourself podcast has asked celebrity guests trivia about topics they choose for themselves. And introduced them to some of their personal heroes along the way. Oh my gosh. Shut up. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh my stars. It's so, so exciting to meet you. Join me, Jake Keith Van Stratton. And me, Helen Hong, along with special guests DJ Jazzy Jeff and Faith Saley, plus some amazing surprise experts on the 100th episode of Go Fact Yourself. And join us twice a month, every month, for new episodes of Go Fact Yourself here on Maximum Fun. We're getting into specifics. A while ago, we did an episode on trying to find very specific genres of books. But what if you want to find something even more specific than that? What if you have one particular wheelhouse item that you love and are always on the hunt for? Bria, do you have something like this? Maybe woman on a journey on a post-apocalyptic road? That is definitely one I am interested in. And if someone has those recommendations, I'm always here from them. If there's a road, I'm happy. I would like to read about it. I want to know about that road. (laughs) How far does it go? You gotta read Road of Bones. I gotta read Road of Bones. I it's on my list. It's definitely on my list. Um, um, but it is a little bit easier to find these books because it's gonna be on the cover or something. It's gonna be like they're on the. You road. know, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, I've, m- there's a lot of road covers. Yeah, for sure. And you, they let you know they're like they're on a trip. They're, they're for all you. They're oh my god, I was gonna say for all you roadheads out there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call them roadies. <laughs> We know. Okay. Uh, I mean, roadies is definitely better than roadheads, but um, I'm so sorry to that guy who lets his toddler listen to the show. Um, uh, road road fans? Road fiends? Yeah. Road fiends. Road files? Rotophiles? Yeah, rotophiles. That sounds like we know about specific types of roads, though. <laughs> Just really and I don't. I don't know yeah. anything. <laughs> like, if you're in this gravel, I don't know. Um, but... I, there are things I definitely like that if they come up, but I can't, I, do, I don't know if I can name them. Like, there's things from my childhood. I can't say exactly, but if someone had, like, a few chapters that took place in, like, a JCPenney's in the 90s, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. You too. Well, you love place so much, so you are mm-hmm. very much into, like, if a book takes place in Texas in the 90s, oh, you were there. Oh, I love that. And Texas, I love. But that it's not, like, as specific as what we're talking. We're talking about the, like, oh, this needs to be, like, 
it needs to have like a computer from 1987 <laughs> and it, that, that yes. computer has to have this specific game on it. You know, like things that are so specific mm -hmm. in people's wheelhouses that you can't necessarily just Google it. Yes. Yeah. Do you have ones? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, it's talking bears. I feel like that's Googleable though. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. the, the problem is, so all my other wheelhouse items, haunted house books, werewolves, Florida, they're all more broad and easy to find. Talking bears is really specific. And the problem is it's, really isn't just in one genre. That's really mm -hmm. the thing. Like road books, a lot of road books are just like sci-fi books. Not necessarily, because it could be people taking a road trip and anything like that. Oh, fair enough. But that's all literary fiction. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like be... there. It's like specific It's going to be fiction, probably. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. I've read some nonfiction road books. The problem with talking bear books is there's they're in middle grade graphic novels. Mm -hmm. They're in fantasy books. They're in literary fiction. You can find a talking bear almost anywhere. And I'm always searching for a talking bear. And I will say I am very grateful to all the lovely people who email the show to suggest books because it's not easy to find. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, you've got your thing. You know, you're looking for this specific thing. Where do you start? How do you find this, this book with this very specific thing in it? I mean, I think you have to do what you're doing, which is rely on recommendations a mm -hmm. lot. I yes. think, like, people know I like road trip stuff, so they will come at me and be like, oh, yeah, I know you like road trip stuff. Like Someone opens their trench coat and, like, hey. They're know, like, look I, at all these roads. Have I, you seen one this long before? I, I, <laughs> this one is a really wide road. This one's got uh, special lines on it. I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, I heard you're in the market for a road book. <laughs> um, so, but I did find um, there is... I advanced did. Google book search. I now, did not know about this, which is shocking for this me. This is not Google. This is not Google books. It's advanced. It's like wow. beyond that. We'll put a link in our show notes. And you can type in a phrase or a keyword or say like, don't use this. And it searches just books. So like you could say like bears. <laughs> no silent bears. <laughs> Only talking bears. No silent bears. <laughs> no. You should try it and see if it works. I, you don't have to put no silent bears. <laughs> no but, silent bears. But, but I, I mean, if there's something, you know what I mean, like specific. You bear? Like. Just fucking speak but, up. <laughs> but I think this is also helpful people's dog houses where they're like, I love bears, but I hate tall bears or something, you know, <laughs> so they can get really specific. I don't know. But. Um, no silent bears. <laughs> What kind of bear is this? This is a quiet bear? Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, I did this in the, I found quite a few apocalyptic road trip books that I had never really? read. Really? Because I did like apocalypse and road trip. And um, yeah, it's a pretty good, it's a good little thing. But the advanced book search, because if you wow. just go to the regular book search, I'm just going to get all the books that I've already heard of. Yeah. But, um, but the advanced one, you have more options and you can limit, which is, I think, good. Um, I am blo My mind is blown. I'm very excited about what, this. What other options do you have for people? I mean, I, again, I will say it's tough, um, but it's the thing is, it's not like as if there's like a publishing imprint for talking bear books, which no. God, some publishing fucking call it's me. Mallory's, Mallory's oh, retirement. My dream. Uh, so for stuff like this, I end up doing a lot of Googling. I did not know about the advanced book search, which might change my life. Um, but so remember, I folks, just some quick Google tips that you might not know about that will help you. One, if you want to search for something wicked specific, put it in quotation marks yeah. in the search bar. Mm -hmm. That will make sure that, that, that whatever's in the quotation marks has to be in your result. Uh, if you're lucky, you might find a website that posted a list of these books, which, um, because, I mean, there's so many book websites now. Yeah. And 
Book Riot, Electric Lit. We use uh, them Lit all Hub. the time. Too. We use them People all the time. People who were like, I want this. I go and look at those lists. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I have, I have read this book. Like, yes. you can find stuff that way for sure. Which is really, really helpful. Uh, honestly, for so for our last episode, the person searching for books about someone who has returned to a place and they are different now and it is affecting their relationships with the people who are still there. Very specific. I, I searched for, in quotes, books about returning home. Mm. And I ended up finding some book websites that had posts about this very specific thing. Mm. So honestly, just using the quotes can really, really be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What else do you think, Bria? I, I also, I find a lot of good info on Reddit. There's a lot of readers on no. Reddit. Can I, can I oh, confess sh- something? I don't understand Reddit. I don't understand Reddit either. Okay. <laughs> they should, I will say they're they're throwing away money by not having a sub part of Reddit that's spelled R-E-A-D-D-I-T. Oh, wow. Reddit. Reddit. Yeah, so true. Um, I don't. Uh, no, actually, we should cut this out of the show so we could steal that yeah, and make our really own. Should. Reddit is a really good idea. It's really good. Um, they may even have a subreddit. I bet they have Someone, oh, okay, don't cut it out of the show, but someone get at us because I want let, this to be Let us know. But from what I understand, Reddit is like an old school message board. There's all these subreddits that are like so specific and it'll be like, hey, I'm looking for fantasy books with MLM characters, something like that. I don't know. Um, People have been really excited about the idea of, of multi-level marketing scheme, men loving men care that's books. That's really good. Um, I just find people have been asking us for those a lot. But um, I also, I, I often find things on, I'm of, often led to Reddit. Yes. Um, because people will be asking for specific books, and you might find someone looking for the same thing you are. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, whatever weird fucking shit that you are looking for, there's someone else on the internet who is also looking for that weird fucking shit. Absolutely, my, like the internet is designed for, for this weirdos. Yes, my I have a, my friend Jen um, is a, the queen of Reddit and is very sometimes She's the queen of Reddit. Probably. She's a genius. Uh, but she she's very good at coming, like, delving into the waters of Reddit and coming back with a very specific thing. And um, so I know it's possible. Yeah, for sure. I use it all the time. Uh, so I, I also think where a lot of people mo- might be likely to end up is Goodreads lists. Oh, yeah, for sure. There are so many yeah. ridiculously specific Goodreads lists. Uh, honestly, the, 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 my, the biggest takeaway I think people should take for my advice on this episode is any site where you can tag books for things. Yeah. The tagging is really the thing. Um, Storygraph has mood and pace tags. So if your very specific thing that you're looking for is mood or pace related, um, you go to there, but I don't think they have content tags mm. yet. Um, like Goodreads will be like, oh, tagged for MLM yeah. characters. Yeah. Ta- tagged for Haunted House. Yeah. Tagged for... Um, I do, they don't have a talking bear tag, which is ex- incredibly wow. upsetting to me. Wow. Maybe I should start one. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, again, hopefully Storygraph will add those. I also agree with Reddit. Um, but I think tags are really the thing because that's uh, so much of this stuff. A lot of these specific wheelhouse things are not things that are going to be in the jacket copy, which is yeah. what's really – that's, I think, the thing that stymies people the most is that um, it's these very specific things that they like, but they're not – part enough of the plot to be included and you know we talked recently that a lot of jacket copies for books are get, just getting more more and more vague including less very specific details so it's not as searchable because when you're searching for things on the internet most of the time it's going to be searching through that jacket copy through those like blurbs mm-hmm. through stuff like that and this is a lot of the kind of stuff we're looking for maybe not roads um uh but there's a lot of these things are not going to be searchable in that way. So you are, as as you said, Bria, really relying on other people who have read it mm-hmm. and can be like, yes, there's a talking bear in this. Mm-hmm. Or yes, there's a woman in a, in a, in a JCPenney's in the 1990s. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, do you have any other tips? Write us. <laughs> ask us. 
I we mean, got your back. Us or like write other shows like ours, like what should I read next or any any person. There's people who've dedicated their lives to solving this problem, librarians. Oh, and- for sure. I mean, I personally get extremely excited when we get specific book requests because yeah, I'm like, oh, sure, I'm going to look. For sure, for sure. And I think there are whole websites dedicated to this kind of thing that people are like trying to find certain books or whatever. So I think finding people who've dedicated their lives to the bookish world will help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I always recommend ask a librarian. Oh, sure. When yeah. in doubt, go to the motherfucking library mm-hmm. uh, because they'll either be able to re- recommend a book for that or they'll be at least able to point you in the right direction of where you might find it. And remember, just like us, librarians love helping you find books. They love, sure. oh, we, I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't want to bother librarians. Mm-hmm. And then librarians come in and they're like, bother us, please. I want to help you find a book. They yeah. love doing it. So um, like the, Also, the reading glass is slack. Yes. People do this in the Slack where they're like, yes. I love this, and then they get a lot of responses. Because n- glassers are top fucking notch at this shit. <laughs> they're like, oh, you want a pe- you want 1990s JCPenney? I got, what yeah. section of the store? Yeah, yeah. Well, do, you want, do you want children's clothes? Do, do you, you want, want the shoes? Things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in a JCPenney's in so long. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if I've been in a mall since the pandemic started. How, why? There are no, what? Why would you be in a mall? I don't know. That's where people go buy Christmas presents. Actually, I have been in a mall since the pandemic started. What were you doing It was a mall? Bulgarian mall. Yeah. That, I've been in a Bulgarian mall since the pandemic Is started. Is it different than an American mall? And I may have been in the mall in New Orleans. Uh, no. It's kind of the same. JCPenney? They don't have a JCPenney either. Oh. Where do they have JCPenney's? Is JCPenney even a thing Ooh, anymore? Good question. No idea. Extremely good. No idea. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. Before we talk to Sarah Grant about her new book, The Book of the Most Precious Substance, which might be one of my favorite books of the entire year, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Nightfire, publisher of Sundial by Katriana Ward author of Last House on Needless Street. Y'all know we loved Last House on Needless Street. I talked about it before. It was on our top books of the year. Mallory and I both read this book and she literally texted me and she was like, have you read this book? It has one of the greatest twists I've ever read. I'm not gonna tell you what the twist is in uh, The Last House on Needless Street, but now the same author, Katriana Ward, has a new book and it looks fantastic. Here's what it's about. All Rob wanted was a normal life. She almost got it too. But when her oldest daughter, Callie, exhibits the same darkness Rob remembers from the childhood she left behind at Sundial, the mother and daughter embark on a dark desert journey to the past in hopes of redeeming their future. Expect lots of twists and turns in this dark family gothic. And I will tell you, if there's one person, one author, who knows how to give you some twists and turns? It's gonna be Katriana Ward. You must pick up this book, Sundial. It is available everywhere now where books are sold. Sundial, glasses. Hi, Maximum Fun. It's me, James Arthur M. from Minority Corner. Okay, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Bad news, Minority Corner, after seven years and 340 episodes, we are wrapping up our show. I know, I know, but hey, good news, good news is that means we must have solved racism and homophobia and sexism and equality and equity for all. Yay! No, no, we didn't. Well, I'd like to think at least that we are better off than when we started seven years ago. So don't 
don't worry. We might be saying goodbye, but our episodes will live on in the podcast airwaves forever. Or until the internet crashes and burn. Whatever comes first. Minority Corner, the final episodes right here on Maximum Bun or wherever you get your podcast. Minority Corner, because together we're the majority. So here we are with author Sarah Grand. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's fun to be here. Sarah, what are you reading? I just finished one book, which is Secret Identity by my friend Alex Segura. <sighs> I am so excited about soon. that one. It is everything everyone is saying. All of the things people are saying, it's true. It's just really fun. It all takes place in New York in the 70s, which is you know, that's where I'm from and where I grew up. And he really managed to get everything right um, with no help from me. I don't know how the hell he did all that research and, and got all the little details so right that he did. And um, and one thing that often comes up is that Alex is the nicest guy in the publishing world. But it is <laughs> completely genuine. You you know, you always, you, you meet these people in publishing and all over in life who seem very nice. And then it turns out they have an agenda. Alex never has an agenda. He's just the nicest guy in New York City. And after finishing that, I have started the new, you'll be jealous of this one as well, the new Paul Tremblay. Oh, I've, we, Paul Bears Club. Paul's a friend of mine and ah. I, he sent me an arc and it's also going to be one of my favorite books of the year. I am obsessed with it. <laughs> it is so good so far. I'm just a couple pages in. I just started it, but what he's doing with the, the way he constructed it in this really, really interesting way, as uh, listeners will see, it's just a really unique, interesting book and brings so much of Paul to it. And it's wonderful. Oh. So, so good. Well, speaking of fantastic books, can you tell us about your new book? Why, thank you. That's a nice category to be in. <laughs> My new book, The Book of the Most Precious Substance, is I'm calling it a thriller. I've seen people call it everything from mystery to horror, and I am um, very happy with any of those things. It's it's the call call me anything, just don't call me late to dinner uh, situation. <laughs> so whatever you want to call it, but I call it a thriller. And it is about a woman named Lily Albrecht, who after a personal tragedy goes off around the world in search of a book worth about a million dollars that she hopes will turn her life around. And the book is about magic and sex and sex magic. So the funny thing is I actually uh, requested an arc of, of your book specifically because I saw the Paul blurb and I was like, this sounds absolutely amazing. I will read anything Paul says is good. And I was not disappointed. It is going to be one of my favorites of the year. Uh, so what interests you about magic or rare books? I mean, geez, to me, those are two of the most interesting topics in the world, and they are so intertwined because magic people are always a book people, whether that is a, like, Llewellyn paperback or a supermarket tabloid or, like, a rare occult manuscript. Books and the occult are deeply entwined, and the idea of, you know, they say write what you want to read, which I think is something that will come up a couple times in this interview. I, that's what I wanted to read, so that's what I wrote. And my interest in those things just goes back to sort of the foundation of my personality, and I can never quite figure out where they came from, other than my overall curiosity about the world at large. So there's there's a few things on this show that we call that fit into people's wheelhouses that are very very popular. You know, what we call a wheelhouse. You know, whatever subject or trope is always going to get you to pick up a book. And something we see come up a lot for listeners of the show is. Books about books, magic books, rare books. Uh, are there, were there any, sorry, I'm going off the questions, but there's so many things I want to ask you. Uh, <laughs> are there any books that you can remember from an early age that really like cap, even if they're mythical books that sort of captured your attention? In that field, gosh, it's hard. I'd have to think about that one for a while. But I too am very much in that wheelhouse of books about books, um, movies about books, 
that whole universe of, of old books and book selling is catnip to me. So one thing that I was really excited to discover when, uh, when we were booked you to, to come on the show is that, um, this book is coming out from the press Dreamland Books, which is yours. Can you tell us about uh, how Dreamland Books came to be? Yes, I'd always wanted to start my own press. You know, ever since I published my first book and even before it was something I'd always thought about and always wanted to do. And then when I finished this book, I realized this was the right book and this was the right time. I had a little money in the bank from working in TV over the past couple of years so I could afford to do it in the way I wanted to do. And I felt like this book was a really good creative product to market in this way. You know, you never want to think about marketing or sales while you're writing a book, but then when you're done, you sort of have to switch hats and start thinking about that stuff. And I realized this book did not need an editor. A lot of my books do need an editor and I am and desperately uh, in need of one and, and grateful for the ones that I have. And the next book is going to need a hell of an editor. I pity that person. Jesus. <laughs> But this one was a really straightforward. I knew it was not going to be improved during the editorial process. I also knew it had the capacity to sell a decent number of copies, and it has been selling pretty well, certainly better than my last book. And I knew that, you know, it was a good opportunity for me to to finally make this dream come true. You know, like I said, I knew it had some sales potential between the sex, the books, the magic. Those are keywords that people will find your book and buy it. And so far, that has turned out to be true. So I felt like this was a great place to finally do the thing I'd always wanted to do. Do you feel very fancy being a publisher? Uh, no, it feels exactly the same, weirdly <laughs> enough, except I'm happier. I am a lot happier, much, much happier, but not fancier. I, I tend to overestimate my fanciness and I feel pretty fancy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good place to be. I kind of live in a delusional bubble of being a princess. And I am, in <laughs> fact, just like a kid from Brooklyn here and here in Los Angeles trying to make a living. So this episode is all about finding very specific types of books, not genres, but subjects and books that you love. Do you have a specific subject or trope that you're always trying to find in a book? I think it really is novels with a book in the main character description. You know, a book that really has a book in a prominent place in the plot is always catnip for me. I will always go for it. One thing that's come up a lot in doing the press for this book is the John Donne series, the Book to Die series. He passed away a few years ago, so that's gone. And that's a completely different tone, but it is this fun mystery series. And anything that sort of touches on the esoteric uh, without going too over the top is another wheelhouse that is a big one for me. So how do you find books like that when you are out there looking for books on books? Are you, you know, going to libraries, asking librarians, Googling special things? How are you, what advice would you give to listeners for finding very specific books? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like with all of the stuff out there, it has gotten sort of harder for me to find books. You know, it used to be just you would go to the library or the bookstore, look at what's new. And now there are, you know, independent bookstores are doing well, which is wonderful. So I have a lot nearby. Uh, I have a lot of independent bookstores at Barnes and Noble and Amazon, and it is almost too much information for me. So maybe this is a question I should ask you rather than answer <laughs> because I struggle with, and I've read very little new stuff, you know, because I just don't have that much time. So unless it's by a friend or someone who I know I'm going to love their work, I usually will turn to a classic for my limited reading schedule. We end up telling people, one, this Googling is is definitely an art form, but asking librarians, I mean, the librarians love to give you a book recommendation. 
mm-hmm. and they are truly the masters of the specific book recommendation. So I would definitely recommend checking out the library. Some libraries even have a hotline, which is just the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> oh yeah. Like the New York public library has the very yes. famous hotline where you can kind of ask them anything and they will look it up for you. Yes. I've never called it even when I, I lived in, in New York for a while, but I was too, just feels too nerve wracking, but I encourage listeners to not be like me and to call your library when you have a question like that. Yes. Call your library and, and get a library card. So besides magic books, rare books, special books, do you have anything else in your reader wheelhouse, any genres, subjects, tropes, something that when you see it, you're immediately like, I must have that book. A good detective story that comes up with a fresh, interesting take on what it means to be a detective and what it means to have a mystery. That is also, again, catnip for me and the kind of contemporary master of that is James Salas, who writes detective fiction and mystery fiction that always has he always brings something unique and interesting to the take on it. That is another area that I can never get enough of. So you really wrote this book for yourself. Yeah, I did write the book I wanted to read. I was helping take care of my parents. They were ill and I wanted to read something that was really compelling and really engaging and that I could pick up and put down at will. It didn't have an overly complicated plot, as many of my books do. (laughs) And I couldn't find exactly what I wanted. So I wrote it. That was sort of the space I wanted to live in. So I made it my writing time instead of my reading time. The way I've been pitching it to people and and something that we've talked on the show so much about is how much I wish the movie with Johnny Depp, The Ninth Gate, was really good instead of what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie, actually. I have to say, I do love that movie. It's not perfect, but uh, something about it is speaks to me and speaks to a lot of people. I was, I brought it up with a group of friends and we often talk about the bad movies that we like, even though they're bad. And I brought that one up and we were like, yep. (laughs) all of us had a a strange affection for that movie oh I mean I totally agree it's one of those great terrible movies but I always thought I was like man this is such a incredible plot I wish someone would take this and do it do it what do it really well and so that's how I've been telling people to read your book like you ever if you ever watched Ninth Gate and you wanted it to be better please read this well that is the ultimate compliment thank you (laughs) so Sarah where can listeners find you online where can they learn more about Dreamland Books and your new book um, you can go to dreamland-books.com. You can go to my website, World's Greatest Detective. I lost my Sarah Grand URL, so I now have World's Greatest Detective. May or may not be an accurate description of me. We'll find out. <laughs> and we have a Twitter account for the publishing company at Dreamland108 on Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram. I don't remember where I, what, what my Instagram name is, but you can find it very easily. And one last question. Do you have anything else coming from Dreamland that people can get excited about? Not yet. I don't have any plans yet. I wanted to get through this one and sort of see what mistakes I made, which were plenty, although the whole thing managed to come off fairly well in the end. And I think next, of course, I'm looking to publish other authors, and I'm also looking to publish a book of my short stories. Fantastic. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having me. Now let's answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. This one has no name on it, but this person says, I enjoy the mixing of genres and or genre fiction in unusual locales. Zombie apocalypse in the Old West, a superhero story in Renaissance Florence, a high stakes heist comedy at the ancient Greek Olympics. I'm in. Please pitch me your favorite high concept genre mixes. Thanks. Pitch? What? 
what are you gonna are you gonna buy this? Money? I don't understand the pitch. All right, here's what I got for you. <laughs> Thirty seconds. Go. Uh, I, I picked this specifically for this episode because we're looking for specific things. And this specific. this mm-hmm. this seems like something that's very specific, but it's a little bit hard to find. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so, what do you think this person, this reader, should uh, should read? I have a slight concern that this reader has already read this book because they mention zombie apocalypse. But if they haven't read Dread Nation by Justine oh, Ireland, yeah, like. That is the perfect of one of these, which mm-hmm. I don't know, the genre mixing in a weird locale. It's it's a zombie apocalypse that interrupts the Civil War. Um, and it's um, and, and all of the slaves that were once um, enslaved during the Civil War are then recruited to fight zombies. Um, and it is it's really great. It's really well written, fun adventure, but also political and also uh, uh, just like uh, it's a zombie book. It has a sequel too, right? It has a sequel. Yeah, it does. But if that person has read that, I would also say around that same era, but not in like an alternate timeline, or I guess it is because this one has magic, so I guess they're both alternate timelines, um, is The Conductors by Nicole Glover. Oh, um, this one has a really good cover, I think. It does. It has a cool cover. It's um, it's about conductors on the, on the Underground Railroad, but they also do magic and they solve a mystery in the book. Extremely cool. So it's like, it's a cross-genre situation. Um... It seems like the historical part is what I was going towards. I guess there's other things that unusual spaces. I could have done like space. I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, this is still, I mean, well, you could do um, uh, Six Wakes by Merle Lafferty. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like a mystery in space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what's yours? My, my pick for this is uh, a book I talked about a while ago on the show called The Helm of Midnight by Marina Lostetter. Um, so it's, you're mixing a serial killer. With a heist set in a high fantasy world. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you got Helm of Midnight. Uh, it's uh, really cool, I think, to read a thriller that's set in a high fantasy world because it, there's so many of the hallmarks of a thriller, like there's a serial killer, you're trying mm-hmm. to solve this mystery, um, but you're in a high fantasy world. And this one, I will say it's a bit of a honker, uh, but the world building is so cool and detailed. And that's, you know, if you love stuff like that, it's so worth it. It's the first in, the tr- in a trilogy for uh, FYI for folks. Um, but if you love genre blending, this is the series for you because it's, I mean, there there's a lot of magic. There's a lot of lore. There's a lot of like um, talks about God, like the different gods and goddesses that like rule this world. And again, in the middle of all of it is like a serial killer and a heist and like a mystery. What? Wow, that's cool. It's extremely, extremely cool. And again, also a really good cover. So uh, that is The Helm of Midnight by Marina Lostetter. And I'm recommending Dread Nation by Justina Ireland and The Conductors by Nicole Glover. So if you want us to answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, there's so many cool things, folks. So many cool things. There's totes. There's shirts. There's pillows. There's mugs. Uh, the la- last uh, girly drinks in person event that I did, uh, I saw some folks who had their own reading glasses totes and shirts and it was extremely cool love that and obviously i'm biased but again i even still wear the shirts uh they're awesome go to our void merch store um we absolutely love the designs there's so much cool stuff in there the thing that's extra cool about it is there's like you can get the designs in a bunch of different types of shirts you can get them on a sweatshirt you can get them on a t-shirt you can get them on a tank top absolutely worth on a boat with a cat and a fox oh the reading glasses boat (laughs) oh my god imagine if we did one of those like themed cruises wow be fun that would be extremely fun let us know if you we actually had a few people write in and say that they would love for us to do some sort of event like a Mm. a camp or a the reading the glasser cruise Mm. i'm gonna start thinking about this um 
But yeah, there's a link in the show notes. Well, there's no boats there, unfortunately, but you can t- check out all the rest of the merch. And if you like the show and you want to do something nice for us for free that we would really, really appreciate, you can rate and view us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you review podcasts. Just give us five stars. If you want to say something nice, you can, but you can just give us the five stars and it'll take you 15 seconds. It's really great for us. It really helps us reach more listeners. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading. reading.